welcome to episode five of the podcast, Request 2021. And uh, we've got a lot going on at the moment. Um, so we've had the quest for the Silver Penguin treasure hunt. And uh, it was won by Bennett Smith. Well done, Bennett. And thank you to everyone that took part and suffered all the clues and uh, worked their way through February to try and work out where the penguin was hidden in Kent. Um, if anybody wants a copy of the uh, questions and answers, if you donate a pound, um, then we will send you the PDF of all the questions and answers and you can have a go yourself. Um, so thanks for everyone that took part in that. Um, I'm also pleased to say that uh, I've made contact now with a member of uh, one of the other scouts, James Mars um, family, and uh, I uh, had a conversation with his son, uh, and his name's Murray, so Murray Marr, uh, and uh, really, really great to talk to him and be introduced to the Marr family, the living relatives, and uh, we're hoping that they're going to be able to join us um, when we sail under Tower Bridge on the 17th of September 2021, um, and also when we unveil uh, a plaque on the 5th of September 2021 uh, to James Marr um, and the other scout, uh, Norman Mooney. Uh, at Gilwell. So uh, really, really exciting to actually uh, talk to uh, James Mars' son and, and, and get some uh, first-hand uh, information uh, from one of the living relatives, so that's great. The work days on the Lady Daphne Thames Barge are continuing. Um, we've got a cover over the Thames Barge, so we can work in all weathers now. Um, uh, thanks to uh, everybody that's uh, given up their time to come down and actually do various bits of volunteer work on the barge. Um, everything from painting, chipping away paint, uh, to dig, uh, digging mud out of the the, um, uh, the dry dock um, and actually sort of clearing the under uh, wood and, and damaged wood away from the underside of the ship that's going to be replaced by a proper shipwright. Um, so lots and lots of work uh, going on on the Lady Daphne um, and those of us that are going along really enjoying that. Anybody else is welcome uh, to come and join us. Um, we've just passed, I'm pleased to say, recently the £45,000 mark on our fundraising. So we've still got a long way to go, another 65000 to go, but that is a landmark, so uh, a really great um, position to be in. And uh, we've got lots coming up. Um, we're planning the uh, fundraising dinner and we've got Lewis Rudd MBE. Uh, tell you a little bit more about him in a moment. Um, and he's going to be our guest speaker at the dinner on the 27th of June. Tickets are uh, quite exclusive. They're £60, but you get a, a meal and we're going to have uh, music and an after dinner auction. Um, and then our speaker, Lewis Rudd. Um, so that's on the 27th of June. Um, details coming out soon and then in the summer to keep the fundraising going um, we're planning to do a big rowathon and try and have as many people rowing for us on rowing machines around the country and around the world um, to try and uh, raise money and awareness of the expedition um, so this episode we've got uh, an interview with another one of our um, young uh, youth ambassadors and that's George Stonar from Faversham uh, so we've got that to listen to. And uh, there's a clip from my visit to Medway Town's uh, SAS uh, at Walderslade. 
and I'm going to use some various uh, bits from that. I won't play all this podcast, uh, but we'll edit a bit of that for you for this podcast. But we're going to start with uh, a little bit of information about Lewis Rudd MBE. So, Lewis Rudd MBE, uh, he's a record-breaking polar adventurer. Uh, He's an expedition leader, a former Royal Marine Commando and SAS soldier with 34 years of service. He's the first and only person to have traversed Antarctica twice using human power alone. And he's reached the South Pole three times from different coastal start points. He's a member of the Exclusive Explorers Club, a published author and accomplished speaker. In 2018-19, he undertook the Spirit of Endurance expedition. Now, that was a 56-day, 920-mile solo, unsupported crossing of Antarctica. He didn't have any kites or any resupply at all. So he was all on his own for 56 days. He became the first Briton and the second person ever in the world to complete this journey. He's the first person to traverse Antarctica twice on foot, and um, post-expedition he completed a five-month schools program on behalf of the army, lecturing on his military career and life of adventure. And he was honoured to receive the Scientific Exploration Society's Explorer of the Year in 2019. So, uh, and he's going to be our speaker at our fundraising dinner on the 27th of June. So that's Lewis Rudd, MBE. Okay, so that's all about Lewis. And uh, now we've got uh, a clip of when I visited Medway Towns SAS uh, up at Walderslade. uh, And that was... uh, earlier uh, earlier at the beginning of March and uh, you have a listen to a little clip of when I visited there. Okay so I'm here in Walderslade uh, to talk to the SAS here all about uh, the request project and uh, I'll keep the uh, recorder on as we go in and uh, you can have a listen to how that goes. Well, Park Europe, it was a big dream for me for many years. I dreamt about being on this vessel and this is something from childhood, actually. I'm absolutely sure when uh, every one of us, we were kids, we were reading books about adventures, about brave people who 
go into the sea, they discover, explore. If you come to Adelaide, you know, it looks like a different planet. It's difficult to, to define the distance and, and how big something is. And then you see clouds, and then above the clouds you see peaks of mountains coming out again. And the sun really low gives it a, a really beautiful effect also. But I can imagine that if you have never been to Antarctica and you have never been on a tall ship and you find yourself steering the ship in the middle of the train, quite stormy seas, and that it can give a feeling of what it must have been like to come to these waters so many years ago. So it all started for me with this book, uh, Into the Frozen South, which is a book written by a scout. Uh, and his name was James Marr. I'm going to read you the, uh, just the opening paragraph of the book. I'm not going to read you the whole thing. It was difficult to believe that I stood a fighting chance of being chosen as one of that band of gallant adventurers bound for the frozen south. Hope ran high when it was made known to me that I was among the ten candidates who were to be inspected by Sir Ernest Shackleton. But even so, my heart misgave me. True enough, we ten had been weeded out of thousands who'd applied, in response to the wide appeal published in the early summer of 1921, for volunteer scouts to accompany the famous explorer on what pr promised to be an ideal adventure. But that such good fortune as came would be mine was well nigh incredible, yet the miracle happened. A dream grew into reality. So that's what I'm going to tell you about tonight. So, those that don't know me, uh, my name's Alan Noak. Um, I'm currently Assistant County Commissioner for what's called Global Projects. And um, I got involved with Global Projects with Kent Scouts back in 2009. And uh, a group of us went out to uh, South Africa. Uh, we were supposed to be going to the Congo. And a bit like the coronavirus, where everyone's worried about where they go at the moment, <coughs> things, there were issues in the Congo at the time. So we had to change countries and we took the scouts to South Africa. Um, since then, I've been involved in a number of uh, international expeditions with Kent Scouts, Jamborees, etc. Um, I helped manage from this country the Kilimanjaro trip. And I led a trip to Ghana in 2018, where we took scouts out to Ghana. Um, Dave was on that one, uh, joined us on that trip. Um, and we're just about to take uh, a group of 19 scouts out to uh, Kenya. So I'm hoping, coronavirus willing, that we would be getting on the plane uh, on the 2nd of April, but obviously we're watching the Foreign Office at the moment. So that's about a bit about me. I'm heavily involved in anything international and charity, etc. And uh, I will be uh, uh, heading up the team that uh, does the global projects at KIJ, if any of you come to KIJ. So be there. So I had this mad idea after reading that book seven years ago. And I thought, hang on a minute, 1921. We've got the 2021 coming up. So I uh, had this crazy idea, wouldn't it be great if we could uh, somehow try and repeat the Quest expedition 
hence the name ReQuest. Um, so the Quest expedition happened back in 1921 and I thought it would be fantastic if we could sort of celebrate Scouting's legacy uh, of the fact that the Scouts went with Shackleton 100 years ago if we could go back 100 years later. So we've got 10 objectives to our project so it's not all about going to Antarctica. The first one is clearly the expedition itself and uh, the 10 of us that are going will participate as members of the crew on a 100 year old sailing vessel. It's the one you saw in the video just now. Uh, it's called the Bark Europa and it's the only tall ship that's allowed into Antarctic waters. So it has special permission as a tall ship to be allowed into Antarctica. Uh, it has a permanent crew of 12 who sail it all around the world. They've just finished their fourth trip to Antarctica over this season and then they're heading off to some warmer climbs uh, over, over the summer and then they'll be going back to Antarctica next year and the year after when we go. Um, they're a training ship. They really fit the ethos of scouting for us. A real adventure, you get to be part of the crew, you get to actually climb the rigging, you know, you are involved in the day-to-day -day life of the ship. Our second objective is for each of the participants that are going, all 10 of us, are going to carry out our own research project. So I'll tell you a little bit about those later. Um, and then we have a research project that we're going to do as a group as well. So there's 11 projects that we're going to deliver. So that's our second objective. Thirdly, we want to visit Port Lockroy. Now, Port Lockroy has a special um, bit of history because the scout that went with, Antarctica, uh, went with Shackleton to Antarctica went back later in life and set up the base Port Lockroy. So it actually was set up by a scout. So uh, we're going to go and celebrate uh, James Marr's legacy and hopefully fly a scout flag on Antarctica. Um, our fourth one is to unveil an expedition plaque. You can just see it there, you'll see a bigger version of it later. We've had it designed by a stonemason in Canterbury. Uh, each letter has been individually carved and designed and it's going to be produced uh, on Scottish slate. Um, and we're going to be putting that at Gilwell. We've agreed with Gilwell where it's going to go. Those of you that know Gilwell well, if you go around the back of the, uh, the main building, you've got that training centre that we, we go to, and there's a wall leading up to that training centre with some plaques on it. And we've got the prime position at the end of that wall. Uh, so it's going to be there at Gilwell. Um, we're also taking a smaller plaque with us to Antarctica, and that's going to go to the Scottish HQ when we bring it back. We're not allowed to leave anything in Antarctica. Not allowed to leave anything in Antarctica. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll leave that to your imagination. Okay. Um, and then we're going to have our fifth one, and this is obviously interesting to all of you guys that are working with leaders and, and supporting groups, etc. We're putting together a huge pack of resources, which is when we have, uh, you normally have jamboree in a box, don't you? So we're going to do jamboree, uh, uh, Antarctica in a nice box. So, and the idea is that in the icebox will be lots of resources teaching uh, the younger sections. Um, so, so the team of 10 are designing resources for cubs, beavers, scouts, teach them all about Antarctica, climate change, the animals, etc. And there'll be a whole programme of things for them to do. So that's our five primary objectives for the project. Mm -hmm. Secondary objectives. So we've got some other things we'd like to try and achieve. If we don't achieve them, it's not a failure of the project, 
Uh, but these are the sort of secondary things we'd like to do. We believe that uh, we're all systems go now to hold a PR event for sponsors, uh, which is going to be in a tall ship. It won't be the same tall ship, unfortunately, but because it's on the other side of the world. Uh, but in a tall ship going underneath Tower Bridge on the exact date at the exact time that Shackleton sailed his ship 100 years ago. Um, and uh, we're going to be hosting dignitaries and relatives of the, the families, etc. Um, and on, on that ship, on that day. I'll tell you a bit more about that. We hope to attend the Devon and Cornwall Polar Society. Uh, they did a reconstruction of when Scott's ship left from Plymouth and they intend to do one of when the Quest um, leaves from Plymouth um, on the same day, later in September 21, and we hope to be on board as well as part of that. We hope to have someone with a neckerchief at Shackleton's grave exactly 100 years uh, to the day um, up on South Georgia um, on the day that uh, Shackleton died. So um, that's, that's one of our objectives is to try and achieve that. It won't be one of the ten of us because we'll be in a different part of Antarctica and logistics, etc. But we hope to have someone there in a neckerchief. Um, so, from a PR point of view, scouts will be getting seen all over the, you know, from all over the world in Antarctica uh, on that day. Uh, number nine, uh, we've got the potential to link up with scouts at all the countries along the original expedition route, and we're working on that to try and make contacts in those countries. And finally, uh, is our big project that we want to leave as a legacy and uh, tell you a bit about that. That's all about Antarctic krill. So they're the tiny little, well they're not so little actually, everyone thinks they're tiny little things that whales eat. They're actually quite big shrimp-like things that whales eat. Okay, and that's the task project. Uh, the Antarctic Scout Krill Research Project. Okay, and uh, as promised, finally today we have our interview with George Stonar, um, another one of the young people from Kent uh, who was selected. Uh, George is uh, a Sea Scout in Faversham, and uh, going to hear all about uh, him answering his quest interview questions. Okay, so we're in the uh, Lady Daphne Thames Barge. And I'm with George Stoner. So, George. So, the first question is just tell us a bit about yourself. So, who are you? I'm George. Uh, I'm 18. I've just finished school. I'm on a gap year at the moment. Uh -huh. uh, doing various things, including uh, helping out on the Lady Daphne, getting it ready for next year's sailing. Cool. This year's sailing, yeah. I suppose now. It's yeah. January. Yeah. <laughs> keeping up to date with the dates yeah uh, yeah I like science cool I, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna do engineering next year at university okay so uh, uh, with your gap year have you got any plans about what you're gonna do with your gap year or? uh well I'm going to Ethiopia in two weeks oh wow so, so yeah. what, what's the plan out there you any idea um, or what you'll be doing or it's three weeks of well I'm going with uh, a friend and uh -huh. we're we're just we're going to well we're going to Istanbul first right so the connection. oh so you're going via Turkey yeah a yeah. couple of days okay. there 
exploring the city. Yeah. More historical city, so yeah, that's good. I've always wanted yeah. to go to Istanbul. I think I envy you that one. That's yeah. going to be an interesting place to go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then we're going to Ethiopia. Yeah. Uh, staying with somebody my friend knows. Okay. Uh, so but you're not doing a project in Addis Ababa? Uh, no, we're not, because no. we're not there. Okay. Visas are complicated. Oh, no. uh, right, okay. So, uh, yeah. We're just going because we know someone. We're going to do a bit of travelling around? Yeah, so yeah. we're also going to go to the Simeon Mountains. Yeah, cool. And go trekking. Wow. And it's quite an incredible looking place. That's, like the that's, mountains. That sounds I mean, they're fun. Like, yeah. And you look at the photos and you're like... Proper challenge. Yep. Yeah. That looks good. Oh, oh, that's good. Cool. And uh, so you've been all through scouting? Or were, you, were you a cub, beaver? I was or? a beaver. Yeah. Then I did cubs, yeah. scouts, uh-huh. sea scouts. Right. Uh, then explorers. Yeah. Now I'm in network. Okay. So you've been right the way through the sections. Yeah. And uh, a leader as well now? Or No. Not yet. No. no. You might do. I might do, might yeah. Might do in due course. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. right. So earliest memory. Can you think of your earliest memory? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think it was like sitting on a tricycle in someone's front room in Scarborough. Oh, cool. And I think I think I Did only you grow up it's... in Scarborough then? No, no, no. I think oh. I only know it's Scarborough because I went, I was, I've been back since and I seem to remember thinking, oh, yeah. I recognise it. Also, I could just be making that completely up. And well, I no this idea. is the thing with earliest memories. Okay. And so if you could go back in time and you could ask Shackleton a, a question, what would you want to ask him? Oh. Um, oh. Look, I've got to come up with something very philosophical. <laughs> no, uh, just whatever, something... whatever comes to mind, uh, really. Well, if you were chatting to him now, what would you ask him? Almost sort of what, not what, what sort of like what made you do it? I mean, mm-hmm. I know you might get the sort of mm-hmm. Mallory answer because yeah. because you can, yeah, uh, because it's there. Yeah, but then also just sort of like, why did he particularly? why Antarctica yeah yeah why you chose to go south yeah Yeah. so it's something like that like okay why yeah it would be the type of thing where you get into the situation and be like mind blank I don't know what to say yeah if you were actually put in front of him and you had that opportunity yeah it's the sort of thing that you think of a question about an hour later (laughs) and you think oh that would have been perfect thing to ask him yeah Okay, um, so that's Q. Then you, is there something unexpected you can tell us about yourself? Something that perhaps you, we wouldn't expect to know? Something unexpected? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, actually, no. This is from a time where like, I was on a, on a holiday where I have memories from that holiday. Yeah. But got into a lift with Gordon Ramsay once, apparently. Oh, I wow. I remember it. <laughs> So do you, you have no knowledge of being in the no lift with Gordon, Gordon Ramsay. Was he swearing parents, at the time? No. <laughs> my parents remember it and they, they've told us. Right, so, so that definitely happened. Right, so that, yeah, that that's, definitely that's happened. A, a, yeah. a surprising thing that even George didn't know about. I don't know about. <laughs> so, yeah. surprising. So, yeah. so surprising. So surprising yourself. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so that was that's unexpected. The next one is easy, so it's food. So when you go to Antarctica... Which emergency ration, which item of food will you love to have with you? Which item of food? Mm. Do you Cho- like to... Chocolate. You're going for or chocolate? Peanut bu- no, peanut butter. Peanut butter. Peanut butter. Jar of peanut butter. Jar of peanut butter. Are you a crunchy or a smooth person? Crunchy, generally. Kind of got to be crunchy. But yeah. It's sort of like a DV. Yeah. It's just... DV 
gold practice. I was like, oh, yeah. I'll bring a I'll bring a jar of peanut butter. Okay. That might be nice. It's yeah. got lots of it's like it's really calorie dense. Yeah, it's it's high calories. Uh, you can get can... sort of peanut butter bars and things. Would that that not do it? It's got it's to be, be actual peanut butter. Peanut butter. Yeah, 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 just okay. peanut butter. yeah, no, that's a yeah. cool one actually. Because I think and like, you just yeah, eat I might be like, nicking some off you. You're getting <laughs> thousands. Like you're like, yeah. I need thousands of calories. Yeah, thousands it is of high calories, calories are heavy. Yeah, yeah. I'll just take two jars of peanut butter. And I was like, <laughs> if I eat that over my DV, that's 2,000 calories a day. There you go, day. there you go. So your peanut butter might be making its way to Antarctica. Yeah. A particular brand of peanut butter? Uh, has it got uh, to be Sunpat, or is it can be any of the... Sunpat's... See, I took Sunpat on DV, because yeah. plastic yeah. jar. Uh, so I know, oh, yeah, plastic, okay, yeah. single-use plastic, not yeah. great. But it's... <laughs> like, if you took glass, my assessor would have just been like, no. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, because you're not allowed glass jars in your um, packing for DV, yeah. are you? Yeah, so fair then, enough. I like the one we have at <laughs> home, which is like whole earth or something. Yeah, I it's quite like, like whole pure earth. pure peanut butter. It does like taste more of peanuts, peanuts than... It's like yeah, it's only peanuts. Yeah. No, I like whole earth. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Okay, so we're good on emergency rations. Uh, what comes after that? Oh, which special item would you like to have with you that might reassure you in Antarctica? Something special to you? That you'd like to have with you. Is this like something? Can be anything from a teddy bear to a whatever. Something like practical. Or it doesn't have to be practical, but it can be. It certainly can like be. One of those polar bodysuits. That yeah. would be. That would be quite useful. <laughs> okay, uh, a polar uh, bodysuit. No. Uh, right. In terms of something that makes a more interesting answer. Yeah. Uh, oh, something that would be quite. I feel like having a bicycle would be really good fun. I don't know. I want to ride a bicycle now in Antarctica. I'll do that. I'm changing my project that I want to ride a bicycle in Antarctica. I don't think anyone's ever done that, have you? No, they did. They must have done. There's like Helen Skelton. Oh, Oh, yeah, because she did that thing. But to actually have a bike in Antarctica. Yeah. uh, But not very practical to take, but um, yeah. Not like a Brompton. Maybe a Brompton. Brompton. We could pack up a Brompton. Get sponsorship from Brompton. There you go. Oh, I'm so going to do that. I yeah. think that that's a. If you wrote to them as a young person and said, I'd like to take a Brompton bike to Antarctica, Antarctica and, and I'll get photos for you and promotion for you. How much does that do they could weigh? work? Yeah. 15 kilograms, maybe? Yeah. That's probably like half of your. That's a good one. That's good. Half of your hard luggage. And then the, the serious question at the end is, oh, you no. know, what does Antarctica mean to you? I mean, what are your thoughts about what Antarctica means as a place? Uh, it's sort of, I mean, the, the, what I think about, I think I can mm-hmm. explain sort of why mm-hmm. I mm. want to go. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of just, it's somewhere where not many people have been. Mm-hmm. And even when they go, it's such a sort of cold, desolate place that it's hard right. to have yeah. much of an effect there. So it's basically untouched. Okay. And then, so it's sort of incredible. So the and that is complete, it's of it, pristine. The, yeah, yeah. The, the, Except, of course, well, yeah. <laughs> it's melting. <laughs> it is melting. Uh, which isn't great. Okay. Uh, why do yeah. I want to go to Antarctica? Yeah. Because it will be gone soon. No. Uh, oh. It won't be. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, it's a serious no, message. It's sort of, yeah. it's somewhere where you can have the illusion at least mm-hmm. it's untouched. Okay. Because yeah. it's just not it's many sort of places the type of place in the world where, you can go where you feel that. I it's the type of place now. where you can go to sort of anywhere. I go, oh, you could yeah. turn that into a farm and people uh-huh. or build a house on it. And you go yeah. to Antarctica and you think, no, it's sort of it's yeah. sort of yeah, yeah, it's protected it's, to a certain extent. Yeah, but also, yeah. but not. I mean, not even just as in yeah, 
legally you can't just as in it's such a it's such an incredible place that okay you couldn't yeah I like it's that. sort of antarctica wins yeah in the end. yeah yeah no i like that Okay, so that's the end of episode five. And uh, just want to thank everyone that supported the podcast so far. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes uh, to make sure you get all the uh, episodes as they come out. Trying to get them out monthly. And um, there's also, uh, uh, if you go to our website, there's a, a link to the podcast there. And you can find the episodes of the podcast. Cheers for now. So we're, we're sitting here looking at the Lady Daphne on Faversham Creek and uh, it's a beautiful sunny day now. Everyone's working away while we're doing an interview. We should be working, so we'd better get back. Do you want to sign off, George? Sign off. Say goodbye. Oh, uh, yeah, I will. Yeah, thank you very George. I've been interviewed very nicely by Alan. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening uh, to my sort of tattle of a con of conversation with me so yes thank yes no worries Good, thanks george thank, all right thank cheers you. cheers folks uh, that's it for this episode there we go